Okay, welcome to another episode of Sipping With Us. Cheers, everyone. I already... Cheers. Cheers. Um, cheers. Cheers. Without my glass, but I have a water in With my hand water. now. I'm still doing my dry January, so... Um, I'm staying consistent. I said I was going to be disciplined, so... Here, yeah, I'm drinking my water. Yeah, I'm proud of myself, You're too. doing it. I'm not going to lie. I'm proud of myself, too. <laughs> I need to have myself up, too. <laughs> I'll drink the wine for you. Yes. Well, we actually have a special guest today. We have Dr. Marilu Romero. She's a psychotherapist, a bilingual psychotherapist. Yay. Thank you for being here. Thank you. From Fort Worth, Texas. And she's actually drinking the wine, too. Well, originally, (laughs) California. California. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Originally from California. Now lives in Texas. So, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is fun. I'm excited. Is this your your first podcast? Ever? Um, yeah, I believe so. This Recording in general, or just um, I guess I've done like TV interviews with Univision in Spanish. They're always okay. um, little things here and there, but this is very cozy and intimate. This is super fun. I love that, right? Yeah. Isn't that? I feel like a lot of times, like our guests, like they're a little like intimidated about the idea of a podcast because it's like, okay, well, that sounds kind of scary, but it's really not once you're here. I feel like it's just like a normal conversation, except there's microphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only thing. It's like, that might be the only intimidating part. But thank you so much for coming. I So we connected a couple of months ago um, through social media. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of felt like you being a Latina, it was like important for us to have somebody to with with your credentials. You, you talk to a lot of people, you help a lot of people through the therapy world. We manifested so. you. <laughs> we talked so, about it for a while. Since we started. started. About it for a yeah, while. Yeah. We manifested you. For months. Perfect way to say it, Paula. <laughs> so we always start the episode with like a rave and a rant. Just of like okay. your week, your day, mm-hmm. whatever, however it's going. Do you want to Do you want to start? with? Sure. Okay, so a rave or a rant. Um, gosh, there's so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm coming back from a long break through the holidays and getting to reconnect with a lot of my clients and getting reinvigorated in in my work which is really nice uh, I'm one of those people that my job fulfills me I'm, I'm actually doesn't feel like work and I forget that sometimes because it's exhausting mm-hmm. but getting to be back into that rhythm feels like okay I'm back at it and that's a good thing so that's my rave Yay! Do I have yeah. to do both or? Yeah. Yes. What's your? Do you have a rant? Not if you if you don't oh, have one. No, it's like that. I always <laughs> have <a> rant. <laughs> I always have plenty of rants, but I want to hear from y'all too. Okay. So, Paula, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah. I guess my highlight or my rave for the week is that I got a job. You oh, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After how long? Uh, six months, but I mean, it was, I still wasn't sure. Yeah, like, it was like, I was wanted it, and I didn't want it, Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, if I get it, if it happens, it happens, Mm -hmm. and I guess it did, so I'm excited, I think, (laughs) but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Something new is, different is always good. Yeah, and the best part about it is that it's like only like 15 minutes away from here. Oh, that's, wait, you managed that too. Yes, because I was always driving like an hour away for work, and that was like a beat, a beat yes. for me. So it's this, a lot of time. Yeah. You, you won't even be getting traffic. Yeah, really. no, not even. Yeah. It's right here, um, like two exits down. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm excited. Awesome. Do you have a rant? Uh, no, not really. No rant. That's good. No, no. <laughs> no, no. 
I think this is gonna be stupid, but <laughs> I am a really weird freak about animals. <gasps> and my, I have a rant this week. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I found a mouse oh. in my garage. Oh no, that would freak me out too. Like I would be like, let me move oh. from this house Did right you now. Have to, did you have to kill it? No, it was dead already. Oh. Oh. And oh. Yeah, it's still there because I haven't, I haven't gotten it. You haven't gotten it out? No, like they freak me out. Mm -hmm. So I think I have, and I have those um, traps, pest control uh, company. So I think I'm just going to call them and say, can you help me pick it up? Really? (laughs) Oh my God. They freak me out. Like you have, I cannot even see them. Like they freak me out. I thought you meant the thing about animals, like you love animals. Well, or like, I love, they freak you out. No, no, no. I love pet, like uh, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but not mouses. No, not no, mice, especially no. not dead. Oh, uh, no. Dead? Oh, yeah. So that that's my um, rant. And they say that. Where it, was it? I think it's because I have a mess in my oh, garage right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You manifested like, where, that Where mouse. I'm moving and all my, the boxes and stuff. And it was just there. there. Like in between the boxes. Yeah. Because before, when I didn't have, if my garage was clear and I had just the cars in, I would never ever see them. Oh. Okay. But now that I have, you know, a, yeah. my garage is a mess. Have you had your when you construction a lot? No. No. Hmm. I don't have anything in my attic. Oof. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would freak me out too. That's my uh, rant. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, I think my rave is pretty like common. Um, we had a snow day on oh, in yes. Texas in Fort Worth. And we haven't had one in how long? Like, it's been seven like years. seven years. Six, Six seven, seven years. years. So that was just like, I needed that day to just be home, like, just lounge around with my family and just, yeah. you know, awesome. play in the snow. So I think yeah. that was like a beautiful way to start the week. But I also think a, a, a ray for the week for all of us is that our first episode of the, of the year came out mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. as we record. So that was exciting, just kind of having, getting back into recording and um, being on it social media like we, and interacting with people. But it felt like we hadn't recorded in a while. Yeah, it did feel what, like like that. a good month, mm-hmm. month and a half? It did. Well, all the holidays obviously yeah. happened and, and then, yeah, so we're back at it with episodes for you guys every two weeks. And yes, we're excited to get started with this one, with this episode. Yes. Uh, but tell us about your rant. Oh my god, thank you so much. I was about to interrupt you guys. No, that was my remiss if I didn't mention the craziness that happened at the White House. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. And, yes. you know, like, do we really even need to go there because everybody's going through it right now, mm-hmm. whether you're a Democrat or Republican or Independent? But that was heartbreaking for me to mm-hmm. see the footage of the lady that was praying inside the building, you know, while these people were storming uh, the Capitol and, you know, being terrorists, really. But um, so, yeah, I've been ranting about that ever since oh, then. Yeah, for so sure. it's nice to be able to kind of have a space to share that, yeah, you know, outside is. of just the television. And it's a myself. lot mentally on everyone mm-hmm. in our country in general because yeah. it's like the division is very clear yeah. clear right now <laughs> so it's like oh where, where are we going with this but yes i agree with you that's a huge ramp for all of us and i think it's important for all of us to you know do our part and maintain our peace try to maintain our peace and sometimes by that it's like speaking up what you believe in mm-hmm. but yes i agree so as far as the episode goes we are going to be talking a lot today about um I would define it as 
personally we we have a lot of girlfriends i mean we we have two two single two homes. single women here <laughs> um you know we're all at that age where it's like you're you're starting to think about um relation you're starting to think about like settling down marriage and it's like okay well where are these like qualified quality men out there where do we find them what what can we do within ourselves to um where am I going with this? Somebody to attract those men, those kind to of to attract men. Yeah, a quality, quality person in your life. Yes. So we're gonna dig deep into to that today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so tell us. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as far as like um, how you got started in this? field yeah okay um i'm usually listening to other people talk about themselves mm-hmm. so this is kind of <laughs> different out of yes. my comfort zone but it's good uh so i'm i'm an artist and an activist at heart that's okay. really who i am and my identity that happens to be you know have a phd in marriage and family therapy happens to be um uh well being of mexican descent is also a, very much so a mm-hmm. part of my identity um, and and so my passion is for really liberation on both fronts, on the, the macrocosm of social justice, which is what I did before I got into academia, um, and in the micro of the family, the nuclear family, and even more so within the individual, mm-hmm. which is what I ended up pursuing um, in academia, and then now I'm uh, in my own practice helping people find that liberation within themselves through their relationships. Their relationship with themselves, with a higher power, if that's what they believe, and with their significant you know, loved ones in their life. Mm-hmm. Starting with our family and the romantic partners that we choose to be with in our life. So liberation comes in so many different, uh, like, formats so I'm interested in all of them <laughs> wow just the way you kind of like articulated that I've never really thought about even the word liberation but you saying that just kind of feels like I don't know why it feels like heavy on me yeah oh. is it like it does it feel like that for y'all like it's like maybe it's like that healing that needs to be Ooh, done yeah within. I just got chills yes <laughs> it's like oh like do I what do I need to liberate here yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean because we all I've been saying this it's like we're all first generation and it's like we do carry a lot from mm-hmm. like an, like ancestral, ancestral tra- trauma, yeah, oh, trauma. Yeah. and um, it's like two completely different worlds. Like we're like that person that's like it's. I think I think it's very difficult to define yourself in life or have your own identity because you're kind of carrying like other people's identity right. with yeah. you, and so it's difficult to kind of find your own path. Absolutely, and I wouldn't say so much as a consequence, but you can attract kind of like the wrong mm-hmm. partner sometimes to yeah. you because of that. Yes. You know? yes. It's very common. Yes. And you started off with connecting with how you feel. Mm-hmm. When you hear the word liberation, you felt something heavy. Mm-hmm. And then I felt chills. And then what did y'all feel when you heard that? When you, that word? Yeah. Or when you heard Marta, Mar- Marta. expressing how she felt about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What did y'all feel in your body? What do you think? I felt the same way, liberation, because that's, a, that's something that I feel like a lot of us don't do, you know, or don't feel or don't know how to feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. So connecting with your feelings is, the I, I would say, the first step towards healing that transgenerational trauma mm-hmm. and those multiple identities that we kind of take on as mm-hmm. our 
really in a, confuse ourselves mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. um, what what that does is it disconnects us from how we feel in our bodies, especially right. as women, because that's our superpower, and that's the first thing to get cut off through our conditioning. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you were vulnerable enough to just mm -hmm. say, hey, like this is what I'm feeling in my body. And that's mm -hmm. what I work with a lot in my practice, with women especially. And wow. it's it's you would think it's something that's easy to do. Easy. Like, hey, how are you feeling? But usually people answer, and, and this includes me, with mm -hmm. what, what I'm thinking. Right. Not really what you're feeling, feeling. deep inside. So mm -hmm. do you mostly, like, um, do you mostly see women? Or is it couples? Or what is, like, what type of clients or yeah. people do you see? So I see families, adolescents, mm -hmm. um, couples, and individuals. So mm -hmm. I see everybody, really. But my passion and what I see most of is in couples and women, especially, mm -hmm. um, like single women mm -hmm. that are either transitioning out of a relationship mm -hmm. or have been out of a relationship for a while and are interested in uncovering some of the patterns they've noticed in their relationships, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And that's really where my passion is. I think um, for like as women, a lot of the times it's like, we're not even past that. And I'm just saying we because we've all that we've all been at that point at some point right we're not even past the idea that it's okay to begin your journey of self-awareness right. or in a sense liberation yeah. right a lot of us are just kind of living and wandering the world like you know like okay well now I have a job now I have a husband and it's like okay well what about you who you really are some as a person not realize. what you were mm -hmm. programmed to be in life mm -hmm. But who you wanted to be, who you were mm -hmm. truly, mm -hmm. you know, right? And the, I don't know. That's just kind of I'm going through like this spiritual journey in the past like few years, so I'm really in tune with that now. So you mentioned um, how everything is kind of for you has been rooted on like the liberation of oneself, right? How did that start for you? Like that idea of it? Like how did you become to the okay? How did you come to terms into like, this is who I want to be? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I appreciate that because, like I said, I never, I am not good at talking about myself. I'm usually mm -hmm. listening to other people, but I've certainly given it a lot of thought, right? Just in my own personal healing journey. And I think being bicultural, bilingual, growing up in Orange County, Southern California, my parents, immigrants, sacrificed everything just to be able to afford a roof over their head and you know they were at a particular time in, in the economy a particular place during um anyway we won't get into all that but they were able to make a good life for themselves mm -hmm. something that immigrants today really have a hard time doing because of the political climate and everything so acknowledging kind of the sociological context of my upbringing and the contradictions that were such a major part of it, like growing up in relative privilege and then vacationing in Mexico with family that was very, very poor, mm -hmm. you know, selling watered down shampoo at the Tianguis in Mexico City mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing the dirt hole that my family would use as a restroom, mm -hmm. you know, in Sinaloa and having parents that were so rooted in their identity as immigrants and as working people that expected us to live and uh, be comfortable in that environment even though clearly it was different for me because of my upbringing right and so that that contradiction just never sat sat well with me it always brought up 
very existential questions of like why you know why are some people who are equally valid and equally uh, deserving why do they not have access to the things that my neighbors had access to mm -hmm. and frankly I like them more <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> I got along with them better they were mm -hmm. they had better hearts right, right. <laughs> and that so that contradiction just made me start asking very critical questions early on and I saw education and information and access to knowledge as a way to kind of find my own liberation mm -hmm. in that weird uh, liminal in-between space that I grew up in where I was neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. You, your, I feel like your own liberation has been liberating others. Yeah. Through, of course, education in this case. It's like what you can offer others. Yeah, I think education and different seasons will call for different resources. Right. Like there was once a time where I was a full-time volunteer activist mm -hmm. and gave my life, my full, you know, full-time to just doing organizing work, community organizing and leading anti-war protests and mm -hmm. doing traveling all over the country and doing that and really not pursuing an education at all wow. because I didn't feel like an education was really going to help me in this like social justice mm -hmm. cause, you know. Mm -hmm. And then that changed, and you know now I'm using whatever knowledge I have to try to help break down these like narratives that keep us oppressed on an individual level in a collaborative process with my clients. But maybe the next season, I don't know. You know, it's just whatever we can do. You're open-minded, yeah, towards the opportunity. Of I think so. Whatever so. presents itself. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I have recently come to terms with the fact that. I don't want success if success doesn't mean helping others along the way. Exactly. You know what I mean? I feel like, the same way. Yeah. To me, that's... And and it's kind of like you have to unlearn that because we do live in such a, such a capitalistic nation where they tell you, you grow up learning, oh, just if you have all the money in the world, you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like, then you have all these unhappy people that don't know why they're not happy and they have it all. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, because you're rooting it off of something meaningless essentially yeah, right because yeah. money only has value because we've given it value right Kanye West said something really smart one time on a podcast that <laughs> he, he was talking about that how we get we give money the power essentially like it's we have control over it and it's true mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean uh, that money is like we're undeserving of it because that's another thing that I eventually um, want to get more into that type of education but w I feel like we don't even realize that we are worthy of it mm -hmm. right like that's when the whole generational wealth term comes into play as far as yes Latinos are deserving of it mm -hmm. you know too yeah you know so anyway I'm kind of going into the yeah. <laughs> different type of conversation but that's all part of like us like unlearning what we were programmed to to learn from our parents as in like work hard get a good job and you're gonna be happy but it's like they don't teach you how to build relationships how to heal and how to make sure you attract the correct person in your life mm -hmm. yes how do you think or what has been like the main reason like whenever you talk to your uh, clients like women especially mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like do they how long does it take them or what's the average like for them to realize like okay I'm doing something wrong like I'm attracting It's so individual. It's like a fingerprint. Mm. Yeah. It really is. Because 
it's divine timing yeah. for I mean it could take a person one relationship to realize the whole pattern and to realize mm -hmm. the whole conditioning and the generational narratives mm -hmm. that they've inherited and all that stuff right. or some people will never catch on to that because that's not their calling mm. so it's really it's really hard to say really and hard. sometimes I feel like it's almost obvious you know right. that there's a pattern but if a person's not ready to embrace that then they're not ready and it's okay there's no judgment there right whenever we met up the first time you mentioned something about um, a lot of us Hispanic women and you know we grew up on survival mode you want to touch on that yes oh my god this is so good this is so, so good yeah I want to I want to know hold on let me get my notes right <laughs> yes survival mode is like gosh if I feel like I just want to say sorry to cut sure, you off. Okay. Is that I, I a lot of us don't even realize it. Yeah. You know? Um so it's a important. lot of us yeah. don't even know how what it is. How do you even come yes. to terms like how do you even like during during a therapy session, let's say somebody's coming to you, hey, I want to find somebody, but I don't know I would imagine some people come to you that like, I don't know what's wrong with me or you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Something mm -hmm. they know something is going oh. on, but they just you know, how do you even begin to kind of like not imprint that on them but like yeah. begin that conversation with them so very practical tip if it's hard for you to connect with your emotions mm -hmm. and what's happening in your body on the spot you're probably in survival mode mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a very practical litmus test for that and survival mm -hmm. mode deserves a lot of respect and honor because it, it serves a very vital function in our evolution mm -hmm. through the generations and I honor my ancestors for how survivalist they were right. you know because now we're here and so it's this paradoxical thing this paradoxical relationship with that survival instinct in us as Latinas because we are badasses we get shit done we you know we know how to perform and pay the bills and do all these things some of us are single mothers, and we have to be both the man and the woman in one, mm -hmm. you know, and that survival mechanism is, kicks into full gear when we're having to provide and having to obviously survive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we move, evolve through that? First of all, honoring that and giving thanks to the material safety or the material um, sort of conditions that it provides us. Mm -hmm and also allowing it to take a back seat at a certain point and, and saying, okay, now I'm going to make decisions based on how I really feel and therefore what I need. So how, do you, how do you, when, when do you know how to transition from there? Most of the time it's because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much we can take, but right. you know, this is, again, it, it's complex because depending on how much abuse is in your ancestral karma, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. you may have a really high threshold for pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where therapy can be helpful in bringing a, an objective perspective on, mm -hmm. okay, this is straight up abuse, this is straight up self-neglect, mm -hmm. and I care about you, I'm invested in your wellness, let me hold up a mirror for you right now. This mm -hmm. is what's happening. And that sometimes can like expedite the process a little bit. But it's really hard because, again, the threshold is different for right. each person. Every person. It's really hard to get to that step, mm -hmm. I yeah. think. 
and like recognizing it. Mm-hmm. This is why I think for us, like the podcast was is so important and why we decided to start it because of these type of conversations that are just not being had. Um, I know we talked about, so you're from California. So I know yes. we have talked about through our first meeting together when we mm-hmm. got to meet, meet each other, how specifically in like North Texas, there's not a lot of sense of like community, at least maybe in Dallas a little bit more than here, but there's just not that community. People don't really talk to each other unless it's their inner circle. So this is why we wanted to start this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, so you can connect. To even begin mm-hmm. these type of conversations and like mm-hmm. begin the healing, yeah. per se. <laughs> and I admire all three of you because it takes courage to just say, let's just do it. You know, nobody else is doing it, so we can be the first ones. And I'm sure there are other people doing it, but it's part of this wave of people trying to build community. So. Right. It is. It's important. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like you said, it's all, you have to make it about, a big, there has to be a bigger purpose than just our own. To like specific examples, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not saying tell us names or anything, but yeah. of like just women that you, like examples of women that came to you and what exactly, how you helped them, what was their situation like, and okay. you know. Okay, um, let's see here. There's so many. Oh, I get chills thinking about it because... That's why I know you're so passionate about it because you're always like, oh, I get chills. Or like, <laughs> I love that. I mean, human, like, we're so resilient, you yes. know, and, and what it takes for a person to show up to a therapist session, to a, you know, a person they don't know, and to say, hey, I'm willing to change myself. To be vulnerable you know, enough. It's vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. so vulnerable. So automatically, I'm very biased towards my clients when mm-hmm. they walk through the door because I admire them. I admire that willingness. Um, so it's really hard to choose one story, but I think generally there's a pattern of women who are ready to attract a different kind of love into mm-hmm. their life, a love where they don't have to struggle so much, they don't have to feel prove so themselves. insecure, prove themselves, yeah, where they can really just have romance, you know, and, and feel loved and cared for and nurtured in a way. And they're ready for that, but they also are not aware of maybe how they're pushing that love away. Mm-hmm. They have a hunch about it. Mm-hmm. They're not quite sure. And through a collaborative process of looking at those narratives that are at play there, like their beliefs and their behaviors, we uncover like, okay, what do you really want? What is it that, what are your best hopes from our conversation? Mm -hmm. That's the question I usually start with. What are your best hopes from today? And the subsequent session, I usually ask what's been better since our last visit because y'all mentioned you manifested me being on your show today and I manifested y'all inviting me to your show. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the way that we feel about ourselves and the way, what we believe I, I'm one of those crazy people that believes we really do attract that, you know, that kind of person or that project or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if we analyze our narratives and our beliefs and we start to connect with how we feel and more importantly, how we want to feel, mm-hmm. which is a question that I ask a lot. I mean, a client will come in and go on for 10, 15 minutes. They're paying good money for those 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And they are going on and on about what's going wrong, what they don't like. What, how terrible they feel. And of course I care about listening to every word that comes out of their mouth. And the, instead of asking, okay, tell me more about that or whatever, I tend to ask, H- 
how how would you like things to be instead of how they are right mm-hmm. now? Or mm-hmm. how would you like to feel? You know. Wow, that's by like going direct. Going to direct. Like, yes. What is it that you want? What is it that you want to feel instead like, of this? Yeah. I always. I think I've even told y'all before how I I feel like sometimes even if it's just just like a front venting to you, most of the time people don't want you to fix their problem. They mm-hmm. just need somebody to kind of vent to, yeah. and re- it's like a way to release it from like your body. You know, your all those thoughts that you're having. But I always like to come back with that question too. Okay, well, how does that make you feel? Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like I can't give you the answer. You have the answer, but it's like. I'm helping. I hope you process it's the like answer. They know yeah. the answer, yeah. but they just need that one person to reinforce it. Yeah, yeah. validate it. Yeah, and when we're going through something hard, we spend a lot of time thinking about how shitty it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So we become experts on what we don't want, and so when somebody asks you, "What would you like instead of what's happening?" Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's usually a big pause in the room. You're like, uh, why don't we <laughs> Because know. they were caught off guard, yeah. like, okay, well, I don't really know. Yeah, because you <laughs> haven't spent, about it, right? you haven't spent time on that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's, true. that's the, the little key right, <laughs> to is. unlock that power to attract mm-hmm. something different is to, fo- what are you, you're focusing on how terrible it is, which I respect. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's hard. And how much time? Let's let's be productive in our session here, and really detail, uh, give rich detail on what it is that you really want. And so I'll go into five to ten questions to mm-hmm. really get a clear picture of you know what will you be doing when you are feeling that peace that you're looking mm-hmm. for. What would I see you doing? What would so and so see you doing? You know, what would they notice about you? Like, what is your idea of what a happy life is? How would it be different? Yeah, like, just very clear, concrete image Mm -hmm. of what would you like instead of what's happening right now. Right. So, essentially, the, the, you know, your client at the time is leaving that first session with, like, I guess I like to say, like, journal prompts as for themselves as to, okay, well, this is what was asked of me, so let me Mm -hmm. sit on it and really think about it. Yes. Because sometimes, I mean, it takes time to process things, right? Mm -hmm. To really, like... I mean, even for any person, I think. Like, Can I right? make them like more self-aware of what mm-hmm. they need or what they're looking for? Yeah. Something that a lot of women don't basically do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that pause in the room is telling mm-hmm. them that because they're, they're stunned. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait, that matters? That I should actually think about right. what I want mm-hmm. to feel? Like I have a choice? Yeah, you do have a choice. Mm-hmm. And you can really use your wildest imagination right. for what that is. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's the term I um, I have been kind. Of, it's been lingering around a lot for me. It's we have so much limited belief mm-hmm. in anything in life, you know. And I think also that's where the whole survival mode comes yes. in. Yes, right? I was just thinking that exactly. Right. Yeah, we inherit that because the generations before us, mm-hmm. their priority was for most of us, not everybody, was to be able to provide mm-hmm. and to have plenty of food and all of that good stuff mm-hmm. and to you know co- connecting as a family ensures survival so it's not like it was just pure material things but you know it's all geared towards providing and so that you can't really take risks from that place mm-hmm. because it's going to cost way too much now you know, we have an education or we have a stable job, et cetera. We can take bigger risks, but we don't have the wiring mm-hmm. that tells us it's okay. Right. So I think the first step is really just even identifying that there is a pattern. 
right. going on in your life. You know, there's a pattern. And if you're sitting in, you know, for yourself, right, just sitting in your room and thinking like, okay, well, I'm ready, but it's just not happening. Like, what is going on? You know, that's mm-hmm. when you know it's like, okay, well, you need like an outside person possibly. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't figure it out on your own, because that's difficult, you know, you like don't have self-awareness, right? you need guide, that guidance. That's when therapy comes into play. Yeah. So obviously in the Latino community, I feel like there's so much stigma against therapy. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm assuming you have mostly women come to you first, especially when it comes to like relationships. Like if, if there's like an issue with relationship with a relationship, then it's usually the woman. Mm-hmm. Do they do they come first, like and see you and tell you, Hey, I wanna start therapy with Couple's my therapy. husband or whatever? Yeah. Or do they come together? How does that like and she laughs about it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I love know. it. I love it. No, I mean these are great questions and I was surprised once I my practice here in Fort Worth mm-hmm. picked up after I finished my education, how many men, how many Latino men came first would call me oh wow, wow. yeah I, that's interesting it, to it know a, it's a lot more than i expected right um and and so but i think generally that stereotype is true that when the women are the ones that are baby maybe more comfortable stepping out of that stigma mm-hmm. and then the man comes after follows follows <laughs> yeah follows <laughs> yeah. oh wow so these men call you what do they call you for? Like, what is their, what is like the common issue that they are calling you for? Um, okay, let me see here. It's all so generalized. Right? Yes, everything's generalized. So obviously generalized. it can be different. Um, but there's probably like more of the sexual dysfunction mm. coming from the men than the women. Mm-hmm. That's probably the main thing. Um, and relationship stuff you know it's a universal theme relationships feeling not satisfied in their relationships Mm -hmm. but the sexual component is more present in general super generalized for the men yeah but i mean women have the sexual um topics that bother them Mm -hmm. you know but they're not as coming to therapy for it Right. right. So that, I mean, I'm thinking. It's, I guess it's more the emotions and feelings for men. For women. And then for mm-hmm. men, it's like more the sexual part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course. Yeah, I was going to say that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually, uh, I was telling them how I was listening to, like, I don't know if it was a podcast or YouTube on the way over here because I was trying to prep for, like, good questions, you yeah. know. And I was listening to a podcast. It was about, um, activating your femininity or in mm-hmm. relationships or I don't know something yeah. about relationships and um they were talking about how well women I feel like we're, we're in this society now where we've kind of lost that maybe not lost it but that sense of like women are the men are the ones that are supposed to be like the pleasers in in your life you know like they're pleasers, the ones that are providers pleasers mm-hmm. providers well that's you know um it's just engraved in us, right? Mm-hmm. As far as like we're the nurturers and they're like the providers. Yeah. But how women, they're the pleasers and we're the ones that are to be pleased, right? Mm-hmm. Which essentially, sexually, it is like that, you mm-hmm. know? But somehow in society, we've kind of lost that sense a little bit. But it is because of women having to be in survival mode and kind of diving more and in, sometimes into like your masculine. Skin, yeah, masculinity energy. Yes. So tell us about it. Tell oh us gosh. How to, 
How do we even begin to like dive into like activating our our femininity? Yes. Okay. Finally, we get to the part of the podcast that I really wanted to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just gonna be super candid. No, for sure. That's what we like. You know, and I I wanna. I guess there's a caveat. You know that gender is is fluid, and we're using heteronormative terminology with an understanding and a respect for that fluidity. Oh, of course. And so I always want to put that out there because we use the term feminine, but it applies to both sexes depending on how you identify and how you I think it's also possible that every, you know, woman, man has both. You know, we all have both energies in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's how you identify. But but with that said, masculine and feminine is is a a really, I think it's a very powerful framework to... Mm -hmm look at that duality of those two forces mm-hmm. within our biology, within our sociology, and understand how that's evolved throughout time. You know, so through the feminist movement, there was mm-hmm. this very um, necessary rebellion against the way that women had been treated and how they were expected to behave for so long. Mm-hmm. And so we took on this FU kind of role and said, we're going to do we're going to fight you know we're going to do what men do which is mm-hmm. we're going to fight we're going to be aggressive and we're going to be direct and we're going to be bold and powerful until we have the rights that men have mm-hmm. which is to education a job equal all pay and equal all of pay that. which we're still fighting for right. that <laughs> exactly. so there's much love and respect for for that effort in our in our feminine history mm-hmm. of us taking on these very masculine traits for the for the greater good mm-hmm. at the same time of course it's not black and white it's not like okay now we're equal right. no we're not equal and in fact we've lost a lot we've sacrificed a lot at the altar of mm-hmm. social justice and equality mm-hmm. and we've evolved I would hope that we've evolved so socio- sociologically enough in our privileges as women to start to really analyze that without getting defensive or without feeling um, yeah, without getting offended, really. It's essentially, that's what it is. Because I was like thinking on the way over here, I'm like, okay, how? I don't want to make sure I don't say anything that's gonna offend anyone mm-hmm. that considers themselves a feminist. I right. consider myself a feminist, Me but too. I understand the concept too. As far as like, yes, you can be a feminist, but you can also have you know kind of take back like your femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, especially if you're trying to look for a partner or or within your relationship. Yes. So, you know, okay, so like the, the tools that we used to fight for our right to vote and our right to education and all the rights we're still fighting for, mm-hmm. those tools are necessary and they're not the same tools that we need for everything. Mm-hmm. When it comes to romance, for example, when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to our relationships, the, the feminine has its own power. Mm-hmm. And... Once we've gotten to a place where we feel safe enough to express it, which is what we were fighting for in the first place, mm-hmm. <laughs> then there is a whole world to discover there, a whole universe to discover there, actually. And that's what I'm the most passionate about, is to help women lean back and, and take that huge leap of faith that it requires to be in their feminine and to harness that power, which is the power to receive. Mm-hmm biologically right first right first and foremost first and foremost <laughs> most importantly <laughs> no <laughs> i mean that's hard though right. you know even just 
receiving physically when we're such chingonas and we're used to being go-getters, like we need to be in control, Mm -hmm. you know, even just that in the bedroom, once there's real intimacy can be really difficult because it requires us to lean back, let go, open up, all these things that are very feminine. Mm -hmm. And that our job and our bosses and the world really scares us out of. Mm-hmm. It does. And so how do you like, switch? How do you do that? <laughs> yes. How do you switch gears? Like you come from your office job or you come from being a badass outside and then now you're home and now you're going to put on your little kitten heels and like, honey, you know, no, that's, that's not real life. Right. What do you <laughs> want to eat? We had a, we had a coffee date on Friday and I actually came home and I talked to my husband about it. Oh, what really? we were talking about. Just kind of getting his opinion as to, like, how I was trying to explain to him how, as women, you know, yes, we are expected to, like, maybe not so much, he doesn't expect things out of me, but I expect for myself, in in other words, right? It's, like, to hold this job and, and be able to, like, show up at my job and then show up doing whatever extra curricular activities I'm doing and then still come at night and be... The woman oh, that wow. I that I want to be, that I I want to be, yeah, you know what I mean. So sometimes, and I'm being a little candid about that too. I don't usually like to go into like intimate details or anything, yeah. but but I feel like sometimes, especially when you've been in such a long relationship, you have to be so intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Oh because yeah, because it's so easy to get caught up in like the. I'm bit, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. Like I would stay. I'm trying to be better at going to bed early, but. I stay up um, doing stuff <laughs> instead of just leave that behind yeah. and just, you know, finding into, a balance. Finding a balance between yes. it. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, I can see how re- some relationships might feel like that because you get to a point where you don't. And then you're bringing all your baggage into the relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's resentment and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of weird things that get in the way of mm-hmm. that. And, you know, how do you do that? How do you come home and transition? Well, First is just acknowledging the shift that what works when you're mm-hmm. bossing people around all right, day right. or bossing yourself right. around, you know, is not going to work with your husband or your partner. And what is your role? So there's the feminine is about receiving, right? So the power mm-hmm. of receiving. When you come home, are you still in doing mode? doing the dishes, doing the laundry, making the dinner, um, serving, you know, all the doing needs to, we need to understand that that's masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And sometimes you need that, especially if you're a mom. Absolutely. Um, But if if you're not in that masculine energy, then you come home and maybe there's a chance for you to experience some pleasure when you come home. Mm-hmm. And pleasure is this revolutionary um, experience mm-hmm. of allowing and releasing and receiving. And I was just listening to something by, I think, Abraham Hicks last night as I was going to bed. And she was talking about how, what good is your hearing if not to listen to beautiful music? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so if we carry that spirit into coming home, because women, I should say the feminine is about beauty. Mm-hmm. We bring beauty to it, the That's world. what, essentially what divine femininity exactly. is. You know, it's like you're the goddess. You're the... You're the goddess and you're the goddess on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. So when you come home and you embody that, 
the masculine becomes polarized mm -hmm. in your presence, meaning you're, you're invoking the masculine to come forward from your partner, which is what we really want. We want him to rub our feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want him to ask us what we feel like eating or listening to mm -hmm. or doing. And that's what helps us to feel cherished and honored, which allows us to relax and kind of melt into that feminine. Mm -hmm. So, and it's it's hard to do when you're used to getting things done all day. That's, I think the the biggest question right now would be is how do you how do you how do you transition? It's like you come home and what does that look like on a day to day basis? And the, which is one of the reasons why I had the conversation with him. I want just wanted his opinion, and and I told him I'm like I think for me, that point at the end of the night comes from what where we started during the day, mm -hmm. the build up towards it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because it's how do you like expect for it to just switch from one second to another when a minute ago you were thinking about you know, whatever, you're online shopping, you're reading a book, whatever it is that you're doing, and then how do you switch from, like, a, in a split second, okay, now you're expected to switch your mindset to this. Yeah. I think it's like how she said, acknowledging it, mm -hmm. right? Acknowledging and it and staying connected to how you feel throughout the day. Right. Because you're connecting to how you feel in your body is connecting to your divine feminine. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing that, even if you're in the office and your boss is being a jerk or the person that works under you is whatever, you know, you're having to get things done, you're still experiencing a lot of emotions throughout that. Mm -hmm. But in order to be efficient, we cut that out. Mm -hmm. And that's where we cut out our feminine. And so if we can bring that in and, and wield that, it's actually, it, there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of leadership in that. But it's not commonplace. It's not the mainstream. So this is sort of, I believe this is where we're evolving into, where even in corporate spaces, that there's a place for the feminine. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think um, this is why I think personally, like date nights are so important. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, in relationships. And a date night for me is like different than like just going out to dinner. You know, it's more of intentional as far as like we are going to date each other. Like if we are just started going out or dating her or whatever. Yeah. And that's important. And I know it's harder when, when I'm... Not ignorant to the fact that I know I don't have children, so I know it's different for most people. You know, they have to find babysitters and all of that. But I think just kind of being intentional about it is key. Yeah, that's super practical. And I appreciate that because I tend to get so into the conceptual about it and the mm -hmm. experience of it. But at the end of the day, we need practical application. And how you feel about yourself, mm -hmm. if you can turn yourself on, then you can be turned on with your partner. Exactly. So if we're not turned on throughout the day just by being us, mm -hmm. which sounds kind of crazy, but tr you should try it. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right about that. I, I talk, talk about that all the time, right? About yeah. how uh, I think a good tip is like explore your body, like period, like love your body yeah. and stop focusing on what it is that you hate about your body and like obsess over what you love about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's you, you honoring yourself mm -hmm. and receiving love from yourself and so that date night no matter how fancy the restaurant is right. or how beautiful your dress is like you have to feel turned on about yourself and your life and receive and be that goddess on the pedestal mm -hmm. which will polarize the masculine and what I hear a lot is 
this sort of complaint about you know men not being men enough men mm. not being good enough not being smart enough or successful enough successful enough mm-hmm. productive enough and all of that stuff which which are valid concerns and instead of sort of complaining about it and putting kind of being critical mm-hmm. because as women we're very critical it's mm-hmm. part of our talent like we're able to it's a talent like it's, it's a talent, talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's what makes us so good at so many different things right. is we're able to pick things apart in a in a very multi-dimensional way you know we're able to see things from multiple perspectives at on the spot which is something that i think is our talent but so anyway instead of using that to pick apart our partner in the way that they're not masculine enough we can nurture our own feminine as a way to invite and invoke more of that masculinity mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised this works like magic ladies i'm telling you like <laughs> i've seen this in my practice i've seen this just in the, my girlfriends that when you start to really lean into your feminine and embody it men freaking love it <laughs> men just melt over that and they want to serve and they want to protect and they want to fix and solve and provide and mm-hmm. do basically do everything for you you know and you know we're able to do everything for ourselves and that's important to know and we also want to have that kind of connection or that sense of support and safety with in our relationships. Mm-hmm. So what would like an example be of like, you know, doing that? Like attracting that from yeah. a man. Okay. So one part is what we don't do, which is the picking apart and complaining, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard not to do not to do that because we've developed a very strong masculine so we can almost like outman our men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like oh my god i could do this so much better than you could. yeah you know, like why are you doing it that way like have you not thought of, you know like even like the little things yes oh, it's, the little things. it's so hard not to it's the build up even of the little things that's how what you it wash is. the dishes <laughs> or yeah. how you put up the dishes oh my gosh oh, yeah. or how so the masculine is very linear it's point a to point b and think of it as as a line and the feminine is a circle it's multi-dimensional we're multitasking we have to watch the baby and make sure the other baby's not going to the fire and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. so we have like a natural trait to like just tell people what to yes, do yes exactly which brings me to last friday when we were having coffee you said something mm-hmm. and i just thought it was so funny but so true it's like nobody wants to have sex with their mother and nobody wants to have sex with their child. And <laughs> yes. essentially, that's how you're treating each other. That's true. Yes. You know? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. So if you feel yourself getting into a critical mm-hmm. role, no matter how justified you feel, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to accept for me personally mm-hmm. because I feel so right. But we ha- in order to embrace the feminine, if that's what we want to do, we move away from the critical role. And so I, I, we've been talking about what not to do. And now I would love to talk about what we do do mm-hmm. because that's what's going to bring results. And like we mentioned at the start of the episode, connecting with your feelings is your feminine superpower. So going into your body, doing like a body scan, I mm-hmm. do some meditation in my practice, with, especially with women, to just get a sense of what is it like for you to feel your body. Mm-hmm. And through the breath, we can really acknowledge where we're tense and where we need to mm-hmm. 
kind of relax more. Mm-hmm. And when men do, the man in your life does, when he does anything right at all, anything that's pleasing to you, whether he gives you a kiss on the forehead or he asks you about your day, it's acknowledging how that makes you feel in your body mm-hmm. right when he does it and then expressing that. Mm-hmm. So no criticism and lots of positive reward and the reward is my feelings. Here are mm-hmm. my feelings from mm-hmm. my body. Oh, honey. here's how I'm being pleased. Exactly. Right. Men thrive off of pleasing us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very biological and it's very sociological as well. Oh my gosh, honey, that feels so good when you kiss me like that. Or, oh, I feel so seen and heard when you ask me about my day. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, the ha- the kitchen looks so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I feel like a princess in a mm-hmm. castle or like something. They love getting getting acknowledged. Yes, and and so what that they does, love feeling like they're making you feel good. Exactly, yeah. and honestly, if your only mission in your relationship is to feel good, meaning you become the most selfish goddess on a pedestal possible for the sake of you being happy, that's gonna make your man super happy. We feel. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> because that's how I am. <laughs> well, Make me happy. Because <laughs> we feel like we have Make to prepare like <laughs> their favorite meal or keep the house super clean. Or we feel mm-hmm. like we have these this baggage that we've inherited from our Latinx ancestors. Mm-hmm. Especially as women, we have this narrative of, you know, oh, cocínale algo rico. You know? mm-hmm. ¿Qué le gusta comer? ¿Qué, qué te hago? You know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Sirven el plato. Sirven el plato. Yeah, because God forbid he serves himself, you know? Yeah. And so we've inherited these very, like, um, servant kind roles. of narratives and mm-hmm. roles, mm-hmm. which is mother, you know, mother, mother. Mothering. Yeah, and who wants to have sex with their mom? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if we really look at it objectively, we're killing the romance mm-hmm. by being, by serving and by doing and by managing and being the CEO of our house, mm-hmm. of our home, you know, running everything. And so I'm all for leaning back, connecting with your body, offering your feelings as a gift to your man when he does even the tiniest thing right. So it's essentially reinforcing what it is that you're feeling, but verbalizing it. To verbalizing them. it. Right. And, and only what you're feeling, not what you're thinking. Yeah, that's. I think that's the hard part sometimes yeah. because it's like, you know, you when you're thinking, it's so easy to like just your program to just think or you know, yes. communicate what you're thinking. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I feel like mm-hmm. I don't do a good job doing that, verbalizing, mm-hmm. you know, when you actually feel good or you know, something nice. Yeah, and when you're thinking, you're in control mode because mm-hmm. thinking is about analyzing and putting things into boxes to help you feel safe. Mm-hmm. So that's it's very masculine. So sense. if we're moving into our feminine, we go into our bodies and, and notice how we feel. So that's what it looks like. I can totally see how that look, what it looks like in relationships. How does that look like for somebody that you just met a person? You just, you're just starting mm-hmm. to date a person. What does that look like? Because it's not like, I don't feel like they really are doing stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Or are they? I don't know. I haven't dated no one. <laughs> so I don't know what it looks like. That's a great question. So leaning back means Mm -hmm. observing a lot. Observing and allowing yourself to receive from that person. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about men becoming less masculine nowadays. You know, that because of how strong women have become, Mm -hmm. that men have 
kind of leaned back themselves and right. gotten really comfortable with receiving from women. And we have a say in that, and our behavior and how we show up can really, again, polarize that masculine to come forward. So if you're taking charge of the date, for example, you know, paying for the meal, um, deciding where you're going to eat, deciding, making all the decisions, it's not that you have to play dumb, you know? <laughs> it's not that you have to pretend to be weak or something weird like that, not at all, but it's allowing yourself to receive. Like, let them take you out. Let them pay for it. Yeah. Well, especially if you're talking about, like... You see, but I'm, I'm guilty to that. Sometimes I You are guilty of that. I don't expect men to pay for me all the time. Mm-hmm. But is that, like, a... Okay, why? Because, I mean, I feel like I can pay for them, too, sometimes. Like, I, mm-hmm. when I go out to eat with someone, I don't expect, like, okay, yeah, just go ahead and pay for me. Yeah. One day, like, you'll pay. The next day, I'll pay. Like, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine because it's how you feel in your body, you know, what it does for you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there's this sense of, hey, he's going to think I owe him something if he pays for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start bringing in these narratives of, you know. Not, so, not worthy of it. Yeah, right. like low mm-hmm. self-worth because mm-hmm. just because somebody buys you dinner doesn't mean you owe them anything. Your presence mm-hmm. is enough. An right. opportunity to get to know you is enough. Right. Right. But if you're saying, hey, like this feels right for me, I like to the reciprocity of that, then there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So it's 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 more like digging deep into you, Mm -hmm. like how how it makes you feel. Yeah. If you're coming at it also from a place of control, Mm -hmm. like, no, I need to be like, I don't I'm so distrustful of letting anybody in that I need to be in control all the time. Mm then that's also another reason why a lot of women are not comfortable paying because no, like I don't want you to have anything on me. And that's a problem with receiving, mm. which is very masculine. Right. You know, men want to do. One that I think is very common. We did, I did a poll on my Instagram. I want to kind of bring that up. I specifically pulled men um, just cool. because I wanted to like kind of, you know, get their insight. One of the questions that I asked was, do you believe most women are good at accepting compliments? 70% said no. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. I love the little researcher in you. That just proved my point. <laughs> 70% said no. And um, I think sometimes people even struggle having compliments, getting comp- you said it earlier, getting compliments from, like, even other women. You know what yes. I mean? And it's like, oh, sometimes people feel like they have to, like, Minimize it. Yeah, minimize it. Yes. It's simple. Feminine is receiving, Mm -hmm. period. Just just repeat that as a mantra every day. Feminine is receiving. I want to receive. I want Mm -hmm. to receive. You know, and like there's this sense of pretty girls get the free whatever. They get the... They get off the parking ticket or the speeding ticket, you know. And, like, on the one hand, I could see how that could be very sexist. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's very feminine to receive. Like, women get stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we get away with stuff. We get away with stuff and we, we just receive. Like, the, mm-hmm. the universe wants to give us things. It's like if you dig a hole in your yard, Mother Nature is going to fill it with something. Mm-hmm. It's going to grow mm-hmm. some weeds, probably. It's going to grow whatever. And Mother Nature... 
you know, the way I see it is very much representative of the feminine. I, have some, I did some other questions. Let me see what, let's see what they said here. <laughs> um, do you consider independent women intimidating? 80% said no. So I guess that's not I think bad. they're lying, though. I think they're lying, too. I actually think Sorry. they're lying. Um, let's see. Do you feel like feminism is silencing men? 83% said no. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, do you consider that is good. this is where I find problematic a little bit. Do you consider yourself a feminist? As in towards men, ninety seventy five percent said no. <gasps> but it's like, Neil. but I, I think men exactly. <laughs> but I think it's because they have this like, especially Latino men, they have this like notion of like, well, that I guess that's kind of telling to what they think feminism means, and it's like no feminism is anyone can be yeah you know and and the fact that that the other question is. Do independent women intimidate you? Seventy mm-hmm. something percent said no, and then most of them are not feminists. I mean, right. we can make so many assumptions about exactly. like the the psychology behind it, right? But yeah, I, think I just thought it was interesting. What too, did they like, say about like, being single? Are they single? So you did a you did a poll, the same poll too? Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked them. Why they're single, I guess. One of mine answered um, because they've been single for so long, so that's what they're used to now. That's sad, right? (laughs) 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 Just not the season, just got out of a five-year relationship, Mm -hmm. can't find the right one. Like, just very general. Men are not, they just don't know how to, like, get into it. Express. No. And here's, here's what I'm very passionate about is honoring and respecting that because mm-hmm. they're out there building roads and bridges and right. buildings right like i don't want to do that mm-hmm. i don't want to go out there in the middle of the night on the side of the road like fixing the highway that's mm-hmm. not you know we, we are complex beings we we have this magic to us as women mm-hmm. and men have their own magic and and i don't want to mess with that you know like if if being more direct and almost not simplistic in the negative sense but point a to point b helps them to be focused on the tasks of building something and and designing something and making a a very logical decision that sort of thing then i wouldn't want to take them that away from them right i wouldn't i wouldn't want to overcomplicate things so when i speak to the masculine when i want to invoke the masculine i'm very concrete and very direct because i know that that's the language that's that they're going to hear me in but when I'm with my girlfriends then I can have a lot of fun (laughs) like tonight and just go all out with the conceptual and the abstract and -hmm. and the poetry of life which Mm -hmm. is what's very feminine right and I feel like that is so lost in like society these days you know like the romanticism like that old school love like um especially with like I mean social media is great for connect for connecting but also I feel like it's like people hide behind it and no longer like um connect on more of like a romantic level Mm -hmm. it's more like dm or like you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like what happened to like courting somebody Mm -hmm. Uh, opening the doors Mm -hmm. what's called uh shivery but i do think it starts with with yourself like romanticizing your own life you know Mm -hmm. like um i say this all the time like I like to create an experience whenever I'm making my coffee, whenever I'm, you know what I mean? Like getting ready. That's great. It's just like that moment that I'm spending, I want to feel good in that moment. Yes. You know, and I think that's important. And I feel like 
sometimes we're so rushed in life. Mm-hmm. Like oh. earlier today, getting here, I, w- I was rushed and I was stressed and I was like oh. not being very nice. <laughs> I'm not so enjoying it. I wasn't being very like. Um, but God is on a pedestal. Exactly. So, and I but I acknowledge it, you know? <laughs> totally. So like, oh my um, gosh. I've gotten really into uh, vintage pajamas lately, mm-hmm. or vintage loungewear or vintage nightgowns mm-hmm. and I've gone crazy on Etsy but it's part of this tapping into the feminine of like I want to wear something exciting yeah even to bed because yes. I want to wake up looking so <laughs> amazing you're <laughs> absolutely right about that so one thing that I do and I don't I don't think I've ever told anybody this might sound weird I like to wear perfume to bed yeah I like to I wear perfume it. to bed because it makes me feel and yeah I don't know I think it's important to like not everybody has to like the same thing but it's like finding out what what it is that you like when yes. you're when you're you alone good. when you're alone good. what is exactly. it what that makes you feel yeah. good mm-hmm. you know and I think a lot of times it's like we're living life too fast on somebody we're on somebody on survivor else's time mm-hmm. on survivor mode that we don't take the step back to really acknowledge that exactly in life but yes I think <laughs> this makes me just this topic makes me like so excited because you have no idea how many like I guess I can say boss babes, um, single women I know that just like I know they want a partner but they're single but they're also not they don't want to like I guess dumb themselves down yes. kind of for lack yes. of a better word or uh, settle settle yeah so if we can do like three practical takeaways for mm-hmm. the boss babe Latinx out there mm-hmm. right. One is connect to your feelings, mm-hmm. no matter what. And if you find that challenging, that's, that's a little so red hard. flag. <laughs> it's a little red flag mm-hmm. waving in your face. Okay. And two is receive. Make it a political statement mm-hmm. to receive from everybody in your life, including just the universe. Mm-hmm. Receive. And three would be to understand that what helped you become a boss babe is not what's going to make you invoke the masculine in your partnership which is mm-hmm. what you really want so understand that those are diff- those are different skill sets and it's okay to be a beginner in the in the latter mm-hmm. um thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with us i this just think so, fun. so many women will hopefully take so much from this that are currently probably just sitting in their bedrooms kind of having these conversations with themselves as to like how do I even get started or where do I begin attracting because it's it's attracting it's not chasing right you're not exactly you yes. don't want to chase anything because remember you are the receiver <laughs> I'm going to use that for receive. everything now you receive like that's our new mantra into, yeah. like, uh-huh. that you know, feminism is receiving yes <laughs> like type into like that I'm just like so big on like, and I tell I tell them all the time as far as like, you just have to love yourself. Like you have to think of yourself as like I am like worthy enough. I'm mm-hmm. worthy enough. You know, mm-hmm. like I love the way I look. I love the you know the decisions that I make in life or whatever it is. But just kind of like, it's almost like obsess over yourself a little bit because you need to maintain that high level of like self love mm-hmm. in your life Absolutely. so that you can attract that. Without any guilt. And Without we any even, guilt. We didn't even touch on guilt, by the way, okay. which is very much a big part of everything. But mm-hmm. maybe, 
Maybe we can talk about that. Another another time. Part yes, two. for sure. Yes. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to Cause, do. Cause I feel like we're gonna get a lot of feedback from this like, <laughs> yeah. episode. But um, Valentine's is around the corner, so why oh, don't we end it with sweet. like something like a tip out there that you can give women that are currently in search for that. For their Valentine, I okay. Guess. Let's say their Valentine because it is Valentine's, you know. Yeah, like, we need to. I, I personally, our our favorite holiday is Valentine's. Oh, I love that. Yes, and I feel like so many people minimize it now because mm-hmm. of the fact, like, no, you don't need a day to like that can happen any day. I dislike when people say that. It's like, no, it's a special <laughs> day. Like, you know, it's an extra day to love each other. Oh, so, what, what advice would you give, or a tip that you can give women? Okay, so maybe a mantra for. Valentine's, whether you're a single lady okay. or coupled up, is I can receive pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's a little intense, but that's yeah. my personality. <laughs> <laughs> I can receive pleasure, meaning it's, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, what good, are, what good is our eyesight if not to see beautiful things? What good is our palate, our ability to taste, if we're not eating delicious food that brings us joy and pleasure and lights us up. Mm-hmm. So if you focus that holiday on that, you're in that energy, you're attracting that into your life. Mm-hmm. And there's creativity that can be involved. You can bring in girlfriends if you are single and make it about enjoying and receiving pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, beautiful. I think mm-hmm. that's so important, especially I feel like Galentine's has been Galentine specifically yeah. has became such a such like a, a, thing a thing now these past few years that I feel like so many people are kind of embracing the holiday a little bit more yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah I think that's beautiful I want to say that if you get a group of women together that are feeling themselves and that are turned on by life there is infinite power in that that is more powerful than any masculine anything <laughs> like yes. that's where it's at so you know if you are single the, treat it as a time to just attract more of that abundance into your life from getting together with your girlfriends so yes mm-hmm. i love that <laughs> well thank you again for being yes, here thank you oh i would love to come back yeah thank you all yeah. so much for doing this okay ladies you all heard the tea so <laughs> i hope so, you took notes i hope you take a lot of notes and if you have any questions we're gonna we're gonna tag marilu her instagram handle so if you feel like you know, you're that person that just kind of wants deeper answers for your, for your life, then reach out to her to her, for her services. She's here to help to you help. guys out. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you.